You're listening to the Performance Group Podcast, a place to listen, learn, and get to know the unseen heroes of our local community. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Kirby, and on the Performance Group Podcast, we make it our mission to learn from those around us and shed light on our local community. If you're new to the show, we have spoken to business leaders, community, organizers, friends, and family. And before we jump in today, I hope to ask you for a favor. If you could please just take one second to hit subscribe and share our posts. It would mean a whole lot to me, our team here at the Performance Group, and our amazing guests on today's show. Welcome, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Performance Group Podcast. Today, I am welcomed by both Dr. Brent Crabtree. Crabtree? Can I restart? Can you just roll it back in? I'm getting red face. It's my own show. Um, and then Kendra, his wife, the Crabtrees, Cabtrees. I don't know if I'm just reading it. I'm looking into the moment. But they um, are owners of the Pendleton Veterinary Clinic here in town, right there off um, South Broadway. No, South, South Pendleton, Pendleton Avenue. Avenue. You guys just recently did some renovations? Still in the process, but should be done in the next month or so. So I don't know if it's just me being not thinking when I drive or texting when I drive, but when I drive past that, what's the building to the right-hand side? Was that the original veterinary clinic? So Dr. Mingle started the practice 60-something years ago, Okay. and it was his home and then a detached garage, and then he started seeing patients there. Is it Austin. zoned commercial? As of yeah. early 2020, it was. Yeah. Okay. We had to go back and get that so that we could do the renovation because oh, it, was, yeah, yeah. it was locked into a residential... Permitting How was that them. process? Pretty cut and dry, pretty easy. It was, it was more kind of hoops to jump through, but it was it went fine. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know the last time if my wife is listening. I know that we're supposed to bring May in, but <laughs> I don't know the last time since Casey and I have been together, which has been at least since twenty late twenty seventeen, early twenty eighteen. I have not taken Millie to the vet. Okay. So if anybody's a bad parent here, it's not me. Okay. I'm a stepdad, so can I schedule an appointment? Do I make that now? Absolutely. We'll, we'll take care of you. Um, so you guys are almost done with the renovations then? Mm-hmm. Yes. The inside is still pretty So was there boarding before, or have you added that? Because when I was looking online, it looks like you guys have some boarding as there well. There was boarding before. We actually shut boarding down in October. That was the one kind of loss we had due to COVID, if you want to. It's been dwindling because more folks seem to be wanting to have kind of more personalized care for their dogs when they're gone. So they have the the Rover app or whatever. You have somebody come to your house, take care of your dog. And so we had seen a decline in the past few years or at least slowed growth in that compared to the rest of the business. And so in October, we actually shut it down um, just to have more space for grooming and medical cases. Yeah, how many rooms, how many, are there suites, offices, what's the technical um, termination? Different, we have mostly runs, so we have, I think, seven large dog runs, and then there's uh, probably 20 plus cages for various sized okay. dogs and cats. Wow, that's that's pretty big, it seems like. So, um, yeah, I've never actually been in the building, the only, I don't really have a whole lot of experience with, I would say, vets specifically the only time that my dad used doc baker before he sold yeah. out yeah. out of Chester, chesterfield yeah. and that's the only vet i've ever been in yeah. and that was when we went to get tails docked uh-huh. which by the way at 16 years old <laughs> no really when they say hey we're gonna go get dogs tails docked you just don't think about it uh-huh. and there it goes yep. 
that was an experience. Yeah. Something else. So let's talk about you guys before we jump too far into it. So you're from Muncie originally? Correct. Kendra, where's you from? Salina, Ohio. Salina, Ohio? Yeah. Okay, so that's funny. So I am an insurance agent, and okay. the number one, like one of the bigger companies that we work for or work with as an independent agent is Salina Insurance out of yes. Salina, Ohio. Yep. Most people have no idea uh, about Salina. Where yeah. It's a small town. Not <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lake. It's five and a half foot deep. It's a town. <laughs> yeah, you, so did you grow up on the lake or yep. the yep. puddle, I mean, if you want to call right, it? It was a lake, but it was right. It was... Close, yeah. I mean, that's where I grew up. Did you go to school out there? You went to Salina High. I don't know. Is that Salina High School? Yep, Salina High School. It's got like the right state. They've got a couple other things over there. Yep. Yep. That's where I grew up. Really? So then, how'd you guys meet? We met um, in two thousand seven at Indiana Wesleyan University. Yep. You went to Iowa. So. Yep. Did you also? So. Yep. You also went to St. Kitts for. Mm -hmm. So are you also a vet? She just went with me. No. What we were, well, we got, we got, well, we got married. I'm going to go on a sweet yeah. vacation while you go to sleep. <laughs> we our first kids. three anniversaries then. Yeah. So you went to Ross University, right? Yep. Yep. What a, what, how'd you end up at Ross University? That's a, that's a nice little thing, right? True story is that I didn't get accepted to the state schools. And okay. I was tired of waiting. And so and we got married. We moved to Lafayette because I was hoping to get into Purdue. It's the only best school in the state. And um, didn't get an interview that year. And I was like, I mean, you either wait another year or mm-hmm. you try something. You know, by that point, I could be halfway done with the time in the Caribbean. So, we did. Wow. So you were there for three years. So we got married. Half. Yeah, we got married yeah. in August, and then we left the following April. Mm-hmm. It's so like you went on a honeymoon and just didn't come back. Yeah. Until yeah. You were like for school. two and a half years. Except yeah. we were broke. Yeah. Except <laughs> we were really. Broke. Other than that, though, <laughs> you know, if I had to pick where to be broke, it wouldn't be West Lafayette over somewhere with Beach and Blue Waters. That's true. Correct. Gorgeous. So finish school, come back, go to Ohio State for clinicals. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, how long were you out in Ohio State? So I'm trying to do a timeline. A full year. A full year. Yep. Okay, so you met at IWU in 27, Seven. Yep. or tw- no, 2007. How long? So you were there? We got married years? in 10, early yeah, 11. I need to write down like a timeline. Keep going. <laughs> early 11, we moved to the Caribbean, came back end of uh, 12. Thirteen. Right, end of thirteen. Thirteen. And then yeah. spent and then in Ohio State. Yeah, and Brody, our first was born. He was born in Columbus. He was almost a Caribbean baby. Oh, that's yeah. what I was that was my yeah. next question was like, We were that was We thought yeah. about waiting to get dual citizenship, but it wasn't worth it. <laughs> Wouldn't be too bad a deal. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Alright, that's a cool little way to get so do you ever miss it? I mean obviously. Um, I, I do. I miss it. I mean I wouldn't want I would want, I w- Yeah. I'm sure you missed Back home the entire well, time. The, there but too. the people that were there, nobody had anybody else. So when you went to Ross, you didn't have anybody. You didn't know anybody. You literally, we went down there, we had each other. You didn't know anybody else, but neither did anybody else. So all of our friends were our families. We had Thanksgiving together. We did every holiday together because we very rarely did we get to come home for every holiday. Most of the Americans there too? Yeah. 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 The, the student bodies, so there's like a, give or take a thousand students at the school okay. on, on Island at any one time. Um, and it was probably ninety-five so percent like, American and four and a half percent Canadian. And oh, you yeah. have a couple people, you know, from yeah. 
But they are from all over. So now we have friends from California, Florida. Like, we, yeah. you know, we made those friends because nobody had anybody else. So you just, like, latched on to your friends, and that was your family when you were there. That's all you had. Yeah. And then, no offense to technology, but that wasn't even that long ago. But technology no, is now to we, we yeah. communication standpoint. The way we talked to our families then was to have... Google calls. We had, we'd set up a Gmail account, and they had a Google phone. It was a penny a minute, which we thought was just a steal of a deal. You know, yeah. Skype was pretty spotty at the time. You didn't yeah. have FaceTime, any of that stuff. So penny a minute, and as long as you had Wi-Fi, which wasn't always a guarantee there, um, you know, call call. Did you fly back very often, or did you guys pretty much reside there? It was, flights were pretty expensive to get there, because there was only like two flights a day that went into St. Kitts. And so, wow. you know, again, being broke students, 1800 bucks to get both of us home for two weeks. And you're already, yeah, in, you're already there. You're already in the vacation spot. Yeah, so yeah. you have a two-week break every four months. So we came home. Here's at least two of them a year. Um, and then, like, her family came one time. My family came one time. And then you just yeah. kind of hang out. Yeah, what a fun way to do that. <laughs> we always say that it was our best experience that we could have had being newly married and no kids. I would not want to have kids there. I mean, yeah. it's a third world country. So, I mean, to get anything that you need is going to be triple the price. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we were broke when we lived there. So, it's like, but that first we wouldn't want to have kids. And you want to go see your parents or whatever? You're stuck. You're stuck. We're going to work this out. <laughs> <laughs> or you're going to sleep on the deck. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best place to have to go. Yes. Yeah. It'd be a nice place to sleep on the deck. Yeah. yeah. Until yeah. hurricane season. Do you guys have bad weather when you were there? Uh, one time. One time it yep. got close. I don't think it ever shut the school down, but no. we, you know, we went home early. You kind of board everything up as best as you can, but no, we didn't ever have we didn't ever have any like damages or anything like that, like minor things, but yeah, nothing major. Yeah, that's such a cool, such a cool experience, especially for a young couple. And yeah. It gives you a good perspective seeing the third world countryside. Sure. And then coming back home. So, what kind of dogs did you work on when you're in St. Kitts? Are you working on? I mean, so, like you know what I mean. Like, yeah, they have so a very different type of animals. They do because they're all the nearly all the pets are very much considered possessions and not pets. Um, so a lot of people have dogs, but they're meant to be guard dogs or just to keep the you know the birds off the property or whatever, keep the monkeys away, um, and so. It's kind of this big mixed island breed. Everybody's called them coconut retrievers. Huh. There's no way to really track them down. There were some massive breeders on the island and stuff like that. But um, but then you get into this because they're very much treated as possessions. Everything we did was pretty much charity work, you know. And so yeah. you didn't get to do a whole lot because it was on the the university's dime, and they're obviously a for profit institution, so they're trying to watch those things. And that's yeah. why we all came back and went to a state school to do our clinical year, so we could see those. You can see more special. What are we what are we able to do with these pets that are sick or, or injured? So when you say specialization, would you say your specialty is dogs, or would you say you have? We so we were kind of forced, quote unquote, to train uh, what's called mixed animal. So we're kind of all the basics for dog, cat, horse, cattle, all that stuff. But then you know, since I've gotten out, I haven't really touched any of those larger animals. Yeah, um, you have somebody in your office that does, right? Okay. No. We'll go out. I mean, we've. I guess I should say what happens. I mean, we've had somebody bring in pigs and you know goats and stuff like that on occasion just for health certificates. We do some work with white-tailed deer farmers in the area, just testing and stuff like that. But ninety-nine percent of what we do is dogs and cats. Yeah. Well, perfect. I mean, that's what ninety percent of us have. Yes. Yeah. We don't tend to go outside of that. Do you do any snakes or anything weird? 
Um, that's that's how we have any snakes. We've had a couple bearded dragons, um, parrots, things like that. Pet skunk? Yeah, we did a skunk couple. Did you take the summary out? It's already descended. That's one of my prerequisites. If it's not descended, it's not Please don't bring it in my office. Because we'll never get rid of that. Skunks, raccoons. Had a kangaroo come in. No way. Yeah, was Somebody local has a kangaroo. Shelbyville. Do you have to have a permit? They have tons of stuff, yeah. License or permit or whatever. Why did you wait? Why? It's kind of like they have a kind of like an exotic. Oh, one of those like a petting, petting zoo. Yeah, like a petting zoo type. Deal. Yeah. So, what did you guys? Speaking of petting zoos, let's bring up some Tiger King. That, that's a topic of conversation people haven't brought up since March. Yeah. How do you feel about you know that sort of? I mean, obviously, animal cruelty, that sort of stuff, sure. very much against because of Emily, a chocolate lab who changed your life. Yep. Um, so yeah, what's your thoughts on that and people that have kind of those? I think it's a, I mean, same way with the zoos. I think it's a fine line between doing it to protect the species and and to learn more about them and and you know, better the whole population mm-hmm. um, versus just I have a tiger because I can have a tiger and I have the money or, or the bare minimum requirements to own a tiger. Yeah, um, I think that's where it gets. Kind of hazy. Um, you know, there's a big exotic feline rescue center in Brazil, Indiana. Yeah. And pretty much all of their animals came from people that got them and either got them seized or they got too big and they didn't want them anymore. So now there's 50, 60 big cats there True. that they're taking care of. So, you know, you need places like that. You know, they do what they can with it. Um, but always somebody has to fund all that. Somebody has to feed them. I think that was the most amazing part of that when you're yeah. watching it. He's buying the Walmart meat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you gotta feed these big yeah. old cats. Yeah. They eat a human a day, not yeah. an actual human, but they eat a human. So you're just yeah. sitting there, and like, if you're trying to find that much meat, the old Walmart meat's the only thing that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. From a funding standpoint. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I just figured nobody's talking about Tiger King. It's, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been that a was minute. that was one of the least. Crazy parts of 2020, though. But in the, in the moment, it, <laughs> it was, was the craziest yeah, part. Wild. And yeah. everybody is like, they're already ordering online their um, Halloween costumes so that they could look like them. And by the end of it, it was old news. Jeez mm-hmm. yep. Louise. Okay, so we are clinical at OSU. Mm-hmm. And then the whole time we know we're coming back home? Or was that was always the goal? The yeah. um, definitely wanted to move back to Indiana um, just because where I was from. Um, but we looked all the way from northern Indiana to, to far southern Indiana. Um, and then kind of at the last minute found a job in Anderson mm-hmm. and thought, man, that's perfect. I'll be right next to home and um, planned to be there a lot longer than I was and just didn't really work out. So worked in Carmel for a year and a half and then um, been with the vet clinic, came up for sale. And that's when we purchased that in March of 2017? Yeah. Yep. And since then, like, I, I imagine, you know, you, you went to school to be a veterinarian, not a business owner. So now there's a little bit of a learning curve there. There is. Uh, it was always my goal to own my own clinic. Uh, I don't know, just, I knew the vets really well growing up that we used for our own dogs. Um, and I saw just the way they did things and it wasn't a stressor for them to be a business owner. Um, of course, I didn't know enough to know really what to ask as far as, yeah, is this stressful? You know, Some people, people don't yeah, show up. They'd yeah. done it for 30, 40 years by that point, so they weren't stressed. Um, they were kind of pretty much set in their ways. But that was always my goal, and then 
you know, the opportunity came up and uh, I was lucky enough that the previous owner that I bought it with, Dana Connor, mm-hmm. um, she stayed on for a year and a half. It was almost two and a half years. Oh, wow. Um, you know, part time as a veterinarian, but she was also a really good source as a mentor just mm-hmm. kind of for the business aspect of things, so, you know, staff handling and things like that. What, you know, what would you do in this situation? And she yeah. was um, really good. And you guys have a good young staff. Yeah. Big um, young staff from what yeah. I can see. Yeah. yeah, I think we've got 12, 12 mm-hmm. people. And I think you guys all have a common goal. I think that's a beautiful thing about animals is it just, it draws out a passion in people. Like you guys, Bethany, fantastic. Jesus, Mm -hmm. I've never met somebody so passionate about animals in my entire life. (laughs) In my entire life. There was one day I pulled in the office and there was a car parked in the parking lot running, but it was like where you exit. And I walked inside. Bethany's car was there too, not running. I walk inside. She's not here. She comes in breathing hard an hour later. I said, what are you doing? She goes, I've been chasing a dog. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, do you need help? She goes, no. And then she ran back out and didn't see it for another hour. Yeah. She eventually caught the dog. But, you know, get 12 yeah. people, like-minded human beings together, yeah. people right. people yeah. will move heaven and earth for animals. Yeah. yeah. And it's a crazy world. Yep. A crazy world. So 90% of what you guys do is mostly the, you know, preventative care, would you say? Um, or what's kind of the mix of that? We've kind of seen a shift in that. I would say even since we bought the clinic, you know, we uh, when we bought it, um, it was probably I'd say seventy plus percent wellness, so you know, your vaccines, your heartworm, flea tick prevention, um, stuff like that, and then you know thirty percent of your basic medical or surgical needs. So you know, spays, neuters, mass removals, dentals, things like that. We've seen a shift in that, and I think some of it is. People are kind of putting some of those things on the back burner, mm-hmm. and so but then they still bring them out when they're sick. Um, others, I think there's been some like low cost clinics set up, and your Walmart setting up clinics in a lot of states, um, yeah. and so they're always going to do a lot of that basic wellness preventative stuff, um, but then they don't do any of the medical and surgical, and so people are, are left to to find that elsewhere. Um, so it's probably fifty fifty now. Yeah. What um, would you rather have? I kind of like having a mix. Um, you know, we like to build the relationships with the people when we're there for wellness visits. It's really hard to, you know, build rapport with somebody when their pet's sick and not feeling well. I mean, obviously, yes, you get them back on their feet and they make a full recovery, then that's good. But, you know, if you see them every year and you get to watch them grow, then it's, um, I think you have a deeper relationship with yeah, I mean, like, you have the, the benefit, similar to a doctor that does pediatrics, to where you're following that person from zero to... Yeah. Right. You know, 15, I don't know when somebody stops going into pediatrician, <laughs> 25. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the first three years, Kendra, what's been the toughest part about being a business owner versus when you were in St. Kitts on the beach every day? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I wouldn't trade it. I mean, we made it. We're, yeah. we're you know, we're almost to year four, but I feel like, the, I mean, there are long days. There's lots of long days. Don't get me wrong. There's lots of days where I'm like texting. When are you coming home? It's 930. Yeah. Because I've been at home all day because I stay at home with our three kids. Yeah. Now doing virtual learning. So. God bless you. How old are your kids? Uh, Four, five, and six. Four, five, and six. Yep. Yep. Bang, so. bang, bang. And we're done. And we're done. <laughs> Snip. That's it. Bang, that's bang, it. bang, yep, snip. That's gotcha. It. 
hold that um, snip part for a while. <laughs> <laughs> You're a vet. You can do it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's what but I, I have. You know exactly how it works. Yeah. You have all the materials. You yep. just do it one day at work. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, I mean, yeah, that, I, I would say the long hours. I yeah. mean, the stress. Like, he doesn't really stress. I stress for both of us. You stress it's enough for the two of us. Yeah, it's, it's okay. a really good. Like, I, I mean, I carry, I, I carry that. He comes home, and, like, he can just drop it at the door. And he comes home, and he's perfectly happy playing wrestling with the kids, you know, like, whatever. I'm, like, I'm freaking out because I, I feel like we should do something about it. You know, he, he can just leave it and go, and that's, that's a great trait. Yeah. You have to have that trait, let me tell you, because I don't think – I could do what he does every day at work because I carry it. Yeah, you bring you it know. with you every single day. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know the long. I, I mean, vet school is the same because vet school was year round because yeah. it wasn't like in the in the states they get the summers off. So vet school was the same. It was pretty much studying yeah. all day every day. But I think we're finally, you know, we made a shift. Maybe we're making a shift of like, you know, he he at the beginning of last year started taking weekends some weekends off which was before prior to that he worked every day i mean besides six sunday yeah, yeah six days a week so um has covid helped with that helped you kind of find a balance in life and work um i think i'm my own worst enemy i'm finding a balance between mm-hmm. life and work i i truly enjoy what i do um and so if there's an opportunity to be there you know helping pets or, or helping people with their pets I will. Um, yeah. And it's, it's for me, it's just making sure I live by the schedule that we set. Um, you know, it's like today, it's supposed to be day off. Um, went into a C-section this morning. Oh, no. Because we can't. Um, yeah. You know, could I have told him no? Potentially. But it's just, why not? Yeah. Um, but now that, you know, when um, Dr. Fisher joined us two years ago, that was the thing, you know, I finally had a, another full-time bet so we could grow with that person, yeah. um, but also be able to schedule a little bit more time off. And um, do you split time between both locations? I don't. I did for a bit until we um, found another vet to join us at Lapel, okay. Dr. Corbin. Um, and so now she's there full-time. Myself and Dr. Fisher are at Pendleton full-time. Um, we're looking for another vet. Um, and then... Um, so I go over there usually one afternoon a week just to kind of check in, do some management type stuff. But yeah. as far as seeing cases, I'm not really there. What would you rather do now that you've kind of graduated into the management, business owner stuff? Are you are you in love with it as much as you are the veterinary side? No. No way. No. <laughs> it's, a, it's a necessary evil or yeah. a mean yeah. to an end. Um, you know, if I could have everything else and not have to mess with the management, then I, I wouldn't. But yeah. it's not bad. It's, I, there's very little enjoyment in that side of it for me. Yeah, that's why you went to be a vet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise you would have gone to business school. Yeah. So then let's kind of back things up. I do want to hear the story about Emily, your chocolate lab. Sure. Um, so when I was reading your bio on your website, it said that the whole reason you wanted to be a vet was because of Emily, your chocolate lab. Yeah. So we had dogs. I don't ever remember time as a kid not having a dog. Um, but when I was five, um, we had a chocolate lab that got sick and we had to have him put down. I was a rascal. And then dad um, really liked labs. We did too. All of us as kids did. But I was five. My brother and sister have been nine and ten. Um, and so we went to a, a lab breeder in Hartford City, which was in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But went there, um, 
And I still remember we got there and the, the chocolate lap books were $250. They had some that were silver factored, which we didn't know what that meant. But yeah. You know, we were kind of messing with genetics at that point. Um, they were 750 And my dad said, there's no way anybody should ever pay $750 for a puppy. Yeah. Here we are 25 years later. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a cheap puppy. That's a cheap puppy. <laughs> yeah. But um, we looked at those litter of chocolate puppies and uh, Emily crawled up in my lap when I sat down on the garage floor. And so that's the one we got. And then... Um, because of her, we started raising labs um, you know, down the road. And so by the time I was in high school, we'd have, and we had puppies all the time. Um, we had up to you know, 25, 30 adult dogs. And oh, so wow. I got to see a lot of dogs, see a lot of different things just you know, at home. Um, and so, but it, I'm the kind of person I got more curious the more I learned about it. Mm-hmm. And so then it was just kind of the logical next step was to, well, if I want to know more about them, then might as well go to school for it and then hopefully get paid to know more about them. You can tell them about your first C-section. Yeah, it was that you, 13? 13. The vets I talked about earlier that, you know, they just, you know, management came to them easily. Uh-huh. We were 13, one of our, when I was 13, one of our dogs had to have a C-section. Um, and so he said, once you scrub in, you can help. That's great. And so at 13, 13, you know, why not? These I are, mean, he's just handing you. These are okay. Like, so like tools. in my brain, yeah. no, like, no, 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 no. I wasn't I'm cutting. I'm I was no, he's not up. cutting. So Doogie Howser. So I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, I'm a little wearing yeah. a white coat right there. I'm just going to, yeah, no, I'm just wiping up blood. Um, so he, he makes first cut. He's like, just keep the blood wiped away from the incision. It's fine. Um, and then my vision went blank and I was like, it's kind of weird. Um, but I still, <laughs> feel fine you know um and then my legs started shaking and i said hey doc i uh i can't see anything my legs shaking i hear him say somebody better catch him (laughs) my dad and my brother were there passed out cold on the floor for 10-15 minutes i wake up and all the puppies are out and he's closing her abdomen and so to me it felt like i just you know laid down sat back up and he goes no stay down (laughs) so and then i was like "Eh, this may not be the right field choice for me um but Never haven't passed out since. Haven't passed out since. That's good marketing. This. Yep. <laughs> Tell everybody. Yep. Never have not passed out. It was a one time thing and we're back. <laughs> That's crazy. Yep. Especially to want to go back in there and try it again. Yeah. What a good story. I'm glad you pressed for that one. <laughs> yeah, so nothing like a good pass out story. Mm-hmm. We've all had them. One time when I broke my finger, they had to re break it and they did it when I was awake. Oh my god. And they went crack crack. They numbed it, but they went crack crack. And oh my I, gosh. I woke up. I was woke up upside down in a chair, and they said, "Welcome to the real world." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> so that's a that's a totally different world. Mm-hmm. So, twenty twenty happens. Um, did you guys close the clinic? No. No. You guys stayed open the whole time. We had one week where we had to close Lapel um, right around right before Christmas because of a of a COVID exposure, um, and then we had a few employees get COVID at. Pendleton, mm-hmm. um, and so we were kind of short-staffed but for we worked through, that week yeah, we worked through Christmas and New Year's, but yeah. never had to close. We went curbside. So, yeah, we went curbside April 10th. Are you still curbside? We yeah. Are. Yeah. For the foreseeable future? Yeah. Mostly, I mean, at this point, Pendleton is curbside for two reasons, COVID and the case numbers, and also because of the remodel project. Yeah, it kind of works it out. It kind of does yeah. work out, and people don't really mind it. We've had a lot of people ask us. Can I stay curbside even after curbside's over? Because we go out to the car, we get your pet, and bring your pet in. Send you a text everything. when we're done. And we no, we just take it back out. out. Call take, you. Take oh, it back out, say, okay, we'll take your, here's your bill, take your payment, and they take it in and run it and bring it back to you. Well, so yeah. it's all, you there's know. So many, there's so many folks that it benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we have a lot of young families. And so, you know, you got two or three kids and then you want to corral your two or three kids into a fairly seven-month. small yeah. exam room, you know, where especially you can't really them down or do dogs and animals right. and yeah. stuff right. like that. So young families, especially, you know, it seems to be, you know, the moms are bringing in all the kids and they're like, this is great. You know, you guys take as long as you need, you know, and then, um, you know, some of the older folks that they just don't want to have to get out of their car. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a little tough for the new clients that we interact with um, or, you know, we have sick pets. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Hard for the report. Do you guys do much emergency work? We we will see emergencies. Um, when we're open. Advertising. Not, not after hours. Yeah, when we're open. Yeah. yeah. I took a dog to the one over in Anderson once. Mm-hmm. It's a miserable experience. No offense, but, like, anybody who's ever had to take a dog at... So our dogs got in a fight. My dad's dogs technically mm-hmm. got in a fight. Neighbor comes knocking on the door at four o'clock in the morning. Dad's out of town, and I go out, and he lives in hundred some odd acres of woods with five houses on it. So it's fourteen acres, but everybody's together. So I go and I find a blood trail, and I follow my flashlight, which is on my phone. That's all I have, and I find this dog that's down a hill. It's our dog, our big hundred twenty pound white lab. And he's just covered in blood, and I spook him. He bites at me. Couldn't walk because he lost his shoulder and got bit. So I drag him all the way up this hill, throw him in the front seat. And at the time I was driving, 2005 Cadillac CTS. And it, <laughs> I just blood all over my tan seats, everything. My dad's still out of town. So I take him to the place over in North Anderson, mm-hmm. 4 o'clock in the morning, drag him in there. And as soon as we hit the floor, he just collapses because he had just used every ounce of yeah, adrenaline that he had to get to where we needed to go. And then... I had never seen, I had never seen, they just left the wounds open. Yeah. I guess I don't understand, like, how bacteria works as an adult, because, like, I've never been bit by anything, nor has anything bit me. But they left the wounds open, put drains in it, and at one point, you just saw his shoulder bone, because this whole thing had just, the flesh had been bit off of it. You could just see through it. And it healed. Yeah. It healed. I don't, I don't know. I guess it was, it was crazy. Like, that was the only time I've ever had with, like, emergency pet medicine. And the whole time, I'm like, it's the worst experience of my life. So, kudos to you guys for doing it every single day. Yeah. So, let's talk about um, back in after the World War II, everybody came back and they had, you know, the baby boomers. So, let's talk about the puppy boom of 2020. I thought it was just people, but Kendra told me that now we're in a puppy boom. Can you explain to me the puppy boom of 2020? I mean, like I told you earlier, I think it was because, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I really think it was because people were home more mm-hmm. and wanted, like, almost companionship. Like, your dog is your friend, you know? If you're home all day and you don't have kids or any other real responsibilities, you see, saw a big shift in people working from, you know, in offices all day from mm-hmm. 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Now they're moving into their homes and they have everything they need, why not get a dog? Heck yeah. Kind of take care of it. There's, yeah, there's a lot of factors to it. You know, because when March, April hit and schools got shut down, we had a lot of people coming in with puppies. And it wasn't just puppies. I and mean, there was some, you know, we, we adopted a new dog or rescued, rescued a new dog. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it was, we've been thinking about getting a dog anyways. We were going to wait till the kids got out of school in June. But we're home anyway, so let's just go and get it now. That way we have that much more time at home mm-hmm. for whenever we go back to work. Because everybody thought it was going to be June, July, August, so we go back to work. And it, obviously that didn't happen. Um, and then obviously stimulus checks. I think 
maybe play the small partner for some a little folks. extra money. Why yeah. not? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. then it's not a it's not really an expense at that point. It's just take that money and, and spend it elsewhere. Um, and then I think some of it was just everybody's on social media more, so you're seeing more puppy ads. You're also seeing that your friend or your yeah. neighbor just got a puppy. Mm-hmm. So my wife's got it. Oh, She's got whatever that's called puffy puppy fever. Mm-hmm. She asked me the other day, <laughs> so why do we? Why would we possibly? Do that? Yeah, but yeah. Puppy yeah. fever is a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my fear was, you know, once things open back up and we get everything back to normal, which obviously we're not there yet, but, you know, are these people still going to have time for those pups? Um, are they going to end up at APS or? Yeah, yeah. APS. APL. 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 Um, knock on wood, everybody, you know, I haven't really seen much of that. Yeah. Um, so. Well, and I think, too, it's a good thing for the I pets. think, I hope so. to it went, so it went on for so long. Because, I mean, you think if you got a puppy at the beginning of this, whole thing so april mm-hmm. you're talking now we're in january like you've got a trained yeah. puppy now you don't have a brand new puppy that you're bringing home you've trained you've had all this time to train that you know they've been crate trained maybe they put them in their crate a little bit every day you know while they're home mm-hmm. and they have them trained now so hopefully we won't see any of like the back tracking yeah. i guess you know like people saying oh well this is too much work now because i'm going back to work yeah because they've had that extra time to focus on right. Like, right. and build a relationship and all the mm-hmm. other things. I always feel mm-hmm. bad for the people that, you know, you got to go to work five days a week. It's right. tough to take care of an right. animal. Right. feels even worse having to drop one off at APL or mm-hmm. worse off you just drop it off in a cornfield and APL ends up with it eventually. Yeah. 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 How many animals, do you guys work closely with any humane organizations? We work quite a bit with Friends for Paws here in town. Yeah, uh, absolutely. With Kelly and, uh, and Angie. And then um, do a decent amount with Madison County Humane Society, and then a little bit with APL as well. Are we yeah, seeing an influx at all? Madison County. It's so I don't know much about. No, and so it's, I don't know enough about their numbers to know. I mean, you know, and cat populations and dog populations are drastically different. You know, cats. A lot of the stray cats are truly stray cats. Stray dogs is somebody that got tired of it or didn't take care of it and it ran away. Um, and so I haven't seen, at least on my side of things, I haven't seen an increase in the stray dog population. Do people bring them in and have them checked at your place very often? For chips and stuff. Yeah. 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 How many would you say again? Often? Um, for us, we probably get a couple a month. Yeah. Um, and I would say most of those are chipped or it's somebody here local in Pendleton. And if you check the right, you know, the Friends for Paws site or things like Andy Lost Paws, um, yeah. then you can track them down and get them back home um, but there's always a few that there's no identification we can't find them and then that's when you know those folks either decide to keep them or yeah take them to APL or something like that those are the ones that Bethany's chasing yep yeah <laughs> every single day well I've had them where my wife she shows up to the house and she goes there's a dog in the garage and I go who's she goes he might be ours I don't know yet like, perfect that's perfect that's great <laughs> Let's take him somewhere first and figure out if he's somebody else's. Sure. But, yeah, I think yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And it's a beautiful, especially working in such a small, great town like Pendleton. Especially yeah. Lapel's yeah. the exact right. same way. It is. Right. So did Lapel happen after or? Yeah, Lapel. So we um, got, officially took over Lapel January 1 of last year. Okay. Um, it was something where the... The owner of Pendleton Vet Clinic, before I bought it, was classmates with the owner of Lapel. Um, and well, yeah. when you look at it from that perspective, you say you can either buy it 
and you can work it together with your business Mm -hmm. or you can let a competitor buy it. So it's going to be one of those things. I mean, it's not going to shut down. Somebody would have bought it. So they kind of gave us the courtesy. We had gotten to know them a little bit through Dana. Dana introduced us and she, she reached out to Dana really and said, do you think Brent would be interested in lapel? Oh, wow. And, you know, kind of making it where like, hey, we can't be seen at Lapel today, that's your normal clinic, but they have an opening at Pendleton or vice versa, you yeah. know? Yeah, location so, is perfect. Yeah. yeah, and people are 10 minutes apart. So if you are you have an emergency for your pet, you're not going to say, oh, well, no, I'm not going to go to Pendleton. It's 10 minutes down the road. Yeah. Not a big deal for your, you know, to help your pet that day if you can. So I think that's been the advantage. It's too. been good. And I think, I mean, hopefully, as things continue to, to grow, and we build at both clinics, I think it'll be that much better, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to offer more of a service. You know, we have a lot of clients that they like one doctor or another. You know, we have clients, say, from Lapel that drive to Pendleton to see either myself or Dr. Fisher. But if just to pick up medications or food, they would, you know, like to save 10 minutes to just to do that. And so we're working on getting all the systems synced to where you can go to either clinic and pick up your medications or your food and all that stuff. Yeah, that's kind of perfect, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Has that added more stress to your life or actually made things easier? Uh, I mean, I think it's stressful getting everything started. Yeah. You know, there's just so many things. And obviously, that was kind of the first time um, buying a business that I wasn't really planning to, to be at mm-hmm. very much, a physical time. Um, so that was probably the most unique challenge to that. Um, I think it's gone very smoothly, but there's still kinks to work out. But I think as time goes on, I think getting through the first year is the biggest struggle yeah nothing like the first year also being yeah 2020 COVID and yeah yeah <laughs> everything else yeah. trying to pivot and figure out right. how to make everything work yeah. and people still need to be seen yeah. yeah so what would you say and this is I'm, I'm trying to make this not a loaded question um what would you say is the hardest part about being a business owner would it be the fact that you struggle with delegation is it the fact that you want to be both places at one time? Pride, you know what I mean? Like, there's a yeah. lot of things that are in yeah. there that it, I think for me, it's the, especially the workaholic side. That's more where I'm I think it's of. that work life balance. Um, because, you know, again, we've been blessed to be as busy as we are. Um, and so that means there's, there's patients to be seen and clients to be taken care of. And that's obviously, for the most part, that's how you would grow a business. And even if you're not worried about growth, and it's you got to take care of your clients and your patients. And so I always want to focus on that, but the management things still have to be done. Um, and so it's, well, you know, we see cases till 5.30, 6 o'clock. When do you do that management stuff? Do you come in early? Do you stay late? What do you do there? Um, and so I think that's the hardest part for me. Uh, I think over time it gets easier, and she's been awesome, you know, taking over some of the, you know, taking into the accounting and all that stuff that just kind of behind-the-scenes stuff has to be done mm-hmm. at least my accountant says it does mm-hmm. uh, so <laughs> so does um, the IRS yes yeah, <laughs> yeah they somehow they want money yeah. um, but those things just kind of getting all your systems in place and and, um, and then yeah that all kind of comes back to that delegating mm-hmm. um, that seems to be kind of the hardest part for all small business owners if you can figure out how to delegate mm-hmm. trust, just yeah. getting people that you trust in the right places because you know you can have yeah you can have anybody do management payroll accounting all of that but that's a really delicate thing to to say like 
hey, can you do this? This is all of our numbers, all of our finances. Here you go. You have to have somebody that you trust in that position, you know, because that's not just something you just hand over that you just delegate freely. I mean, I took over payroll, what was it, 2018? We lost our office manager at Pendleton um, in 18. So she'd been there a year and a half with us. She left the end of 18. So I took over payroll and all of that, like, accounting kind of things. Um, Are you still doing that today? Yes. And teaching a four, five, and six-year-old? Yeah. So can I ask you a question? My daughter is 18 months old, so we don't have Mm -hmm. school school yet. Yeah. With online schooling for a four, five, and Mm six-year-old, what kind of stuff are they teaching through a computer? Um, It's all... It's very well done. Is it? I, I want to say 100%. I'm there very little. I feel like it's terrible. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not I, on the I'm, school system. I'm, I'm saying, applauding. Like, it taught well. I mean, I'm, then you got three of them. I am applauding yeah. Pendleton schools because Pendleton Elementary is where we go. That's yeah. our school that we go to. But I'm applauding them because they are one of the few districts in this area who has a dedicated, dedicated virtual teacher. Vir- yeah, I don't know how to say that. Yeah, dedicated virtual teacher. So for each grade level, sometimes they're two together, like kindergarten and first grade are together. They're learning a lot of the same things. So their teacher is together. Um, they do three Google Meets a day, which sometimes can get a little bit much because I have three for each kid. So it's like six Google Meets a day with the kids, which is a lot of like rolling around on the floor because, you know, they're five and six. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how the teacher That's does it. That's the hard part is like keeping their attention. Keeping their, yeah. yeah. I mean, keeping Fine. their attention on something. Um, it's also winter, but, so it's it's a little bit, you're crammed in the house. Yeah, so. you can't go out. Yeah, I mean, it looks a little bit, I don't know. I, I, I like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm embracing it because I know it's not going to be forever. Let me say that. That's I know that only it's way not, you can look at it. I know that it's not going to be you know, their whole lives, because I'm not going to do it their whole lives. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to take that away from them. Mm-hmm. But for now, and all the uncertainty and all the craziness, like, I didn't want to send my five-year-old to kindergarten wearing a mask for six hours. Like, yeah. I just feel like that's a little bit much. Like, you're already going to a huge life change, and then you're throwing all these things that Brody never dealt with in his kindergarten year. He's in first grade. Mm-hmm. He never had to deal with any of that. So it, it just looked a lot different, and I was like, I can do it. I'm going to just, you know, embrace it, do it. I mean... Well, and it wasn't, this wasn't really a part of our decision at, you know, whether or not to pull our kids out of the traditional schooling or not, but it's been good from a business perspective too, because I know a lot of my employees, their kids, knock on wood, none of their kids have gotten COVID, but they've been contact traced. Well, if you kind of follow the letter of it, if they were contact traced, then you were contact traced and Mm -hmm. you stay home for two weeks. Mm -hmm. We never had to worry about that, you know, because as you might imagine, being the owner of the business, if I'm not there for two weeks, then some things are going to go undone. You know, automatically lose one of two doctors that are there. Um, and, you know, if that was my weekend off, then I've got to ask my associate to work another weekend. And that, nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, I know kids have been contact traced two, three, four different times. Right? Yeah. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's tough. That's tough on the school system. It is. Yeah. I mean, I will say they have done a great job, though. I mean, really, because I have talked to multiple teachers in other school districts, just like family friends of ours, mm-hmm. and they're like, I'm doing online and in person. So I'm teaching all day, and then I'm going home Ugh. and recording for four hours for the online students to do that. You can't ask a teacher to do that. 
I mean, no. their job is during the day. They have a family, too. Yeah, and so they're I on think, salary. They don't yeah, get paid by the I mean, hour. I just think, and they I don't, don't get a great salary Pendleton, to begin with. Yeah. When Pendleton did it, they did it right. I mean, yeah, is it hard to keep their attention? Yes, but we do it, and they do fine, and they're learning. I mean, our kindergarten, she learned how to read. Like, we're she's reading. So, I mean, they're I doing the something right. Was, it was neither of us having any real teaching experience, and a lot of it came down to her, but, you know, starting kindergarten. You're like, how do you, yeah. how do you start to teach a kid to read? You know, the, she knew her basic letters, she knew her numbers. How do you teach them how to read? And then, you know, see, yeah. we still weren't taught. It was just, we're going to go through your curriculum with you. And like, and what, we're going to both learn at the same time how to read. Together. When's this going to yeah. start yeah. clicking? Because it's yeah. not going well. But yeah. she's, yeah, everybody's doing well. Yeah, I think that's just going with the punches of 2020 and making mm-hmm. it work and all the yeah. other things. Yeah. So. Yeah, sure. Well, so that's really all I wanted to talk about today is kind of the, the mental fortitude, your business. Um, let's go ahead and quickly plug both uh, clinics, where they are, how to contact them, if they wanted to take any kind of animal, who do they need to call, and what are the phone numbers? Yeah, so Pendleton Vet Clinic is at 1011 South Pendleton Avenue um, here in town. The phone number is 765-778-2909. We're open Monday through Saturday um, for appointments. Um, so you can call one of the girls to get you guys set up for an appointment, or you can call Lapel Animal Clinic, which is right there in 32 on 32 in Lapel, 765-534. Maybe one, yeah, Google this one. Four, two. Yeah, yeah. Um, call that or Google yeah. it. Either yeah. one, you're going to be able to Absolutely. find it. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you guys. I appreciate your time tonight. Hey guys. Thank you again so much for your love and support of the Performance Group Podcast. For more information on the podcast, the Performance Group, or even our guests, feel free to reach out directly via our website, performancegroupindiana.com, or feel free to email me directly, which is sean at performancegroupindiana.com. We'll see you guys next week.